Uh, let's turn our Bibles again to Luke chapter 2 as we start this uh, new year off in, in the Word of God once again. And we're glad for the fact that it's 2020, it's uh, ushered in a new year, a new decade. Just reflecting on that again this past week, it's been 20 years since I finished high school. And, um, you know, this past decade actually, as I think about it, has brought about some of the, the best and biggest changes in my life. Uh, this, this past decade has seen me get married, have children, uh, move forward in my ministry, go through some trials, some testing, some challenges, and, you know, all of that in the last 10 years. And so no doubt if you were to reflect this morning about your last decade, I'm sure you would have looked at that and there's some momentous occasions there as well. But, you know, in when we look in this uh, story in Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story on, on this night, uh, we often forget how significant uh, it was in the, the totality of human history. It, it really, it, it ushered in a new era of human history. It was a pivotal moment uh, in, in the history of the world. And Christ's birth is really significant for us to contemplate in a year that brings about New beginnings, because the singular, this singular event really is the pivotal point of human history. In fact, the way we organize the years in our, uh, in our history is B.C. and A.D. You think about that, even the, the, the birth and the recognition of the birth of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord Jesus Christ. His birth ushered in the thinking that it was before Christ and then after His birth. So we understand even from a uh, from a, a human point of view, that there's a recognition that his reign started that night. And then we even see biblically, dispensationally, that Christ's birth really started to usher in God's, uh, God's changing of administration uh, from the, uh, the, the, the old dispensation of law now going into grace as we look forward to his death. Covenantally, we see that this was pivotal because this was the start of a transition time from the old covenant of the Old Testament to the new covenant that was really at the, at the beginning of the death of the testator. So you understand when we think about the Christmas story, it wasn't simply a baby being born that night. It was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and it ushered in a pivotal moment in the history of the world. And as significant as that is, we see highlighted for us here some fairly insignificant people. So some people who really were just going about their business that night, going about what they usually did, and, and really unusually, on the actual happening of this major event, th this wasn't announced to the people of Bethlehem who were probably reveling in family reunions, were, were probably busy just, just getting prepared for the general happenings of, of the other priorities of this, the actual event, which was really the tax time that they were in. Th this announcement wasn't made to any monarch. This announcement was made to shepherds who were on the outside of the scope of the city. They weren't even in the city. They were just on the outskirts of it. And again, remember the major theme of the book of Luke is, is really those outsiders looking in. All of those eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts who were now in Christ, but for a little while were looking outside in. And when you think about shepherds in the Bible, the shepherds were some of the most uh, insignificant of people 
in Jesus' day. Often shepherds were lowly by society's standards. Often shepherds were, uh, the, the role of shepherd were given to those who were fairly uneducated, fairly, uh, fairly unimportant in the sight of others. They were often given to the youngest who in that uh, the, the society's uh, expectation were often the ones that were left with the leftovers. And so we understand that these shepherds weren't really that special from a, from a world standard. And yet it, w- it was them that found and heard the announcement that we had just read previously. And what we learn from the shepherds is something that I think is applicable to us today and really will directly impact how our year ahead will be. And, and you know, as we look forward, often we have some resolutions, often we want to make some changes, often we, we look to the year for some new hope, uh, for hopefully a, a turning over of a new leaf in our lives, and we look at all of that, and, and certainly there's opportunities for that in this year to come if the Lord tarries, but I want to say that nothing that we decide and nothing we, uh, we, we, we want to change will we'll do a thing if we don't respond correctly to what God tells us to do. You understand? And here we see that the shepherds, although they got the privilege of hearing some, uh, this great announcement, this great event, this great happening, what was greater of greater importance about the shepherds was this, they responded correctly. They responded to what God had revealed to them. And no doubt as we consider this year, there's going to be some things that God will reveal to you. In fact, many of you are seeking for some revealing in, in your life. You want God to reveal His plan for you. You want God to reveal some guidance through His Word, something that He will witness to you in your spirit. You want God to certainly come to you with some special announcement, something that will guide you and direct you in your life. And I hope that that's what you seek this morning. But I'll tell you what, He can reveal all of that, but if you don't respond correctly, it won't do you any good. If you respond to it in, in a way that is negative, in a way that is uh, doubtful, then what you're going to see is, is you're going to miss out on the blessing. But here what we see is these shepherds, they, they responded correctly. And we're going to take note today that God does still communicate to us. He, and, and certainly not through these same means. We might be, we might be questioning this morning whether, uh, whether uh, God even speaks to us. We understand God speaks to us through His Word. We understand that God speaks to us through the the communication of His Word as we go through it through preaching, through our daily devotion, and then He witnesses to us through His Spirit by our Spirit. And we understand that God communicates that way. And you might argue that, sure, it was impossible for the shepherds to to ignore or not even respond. I mean, when angels turn up, I, I mean, it's pretty easy to believe God then. But you understand that that the very words that they spoke were recorded for us in Scripture. And in fact, much more is recorded for us in Scripture that is instructive for us, isn't it? And so we look at that and the Bible tells us that we are not only to be hearers of the Word, but doers of it as well. And what we find in the Christian life is really that our level of responding to God's Word is the catalyst for victory and blessing. And it's not simply just hearing God's Word. You see, it's not enough for you to read your Bible. It's not enough for you to attend every service, even though you should. It's not, it's not enough for you to listen to the Spirit of God. But I want to say to you, church, as we begin 2020, it is enough 
for you to apply all of the above. It is enough. Once you get into the Word of God, and once you hear from the, the, the Word of God, and once God shows you and reveals for you certain things that you need, then it's all about your action to that. It's all about your application to that. And really, this is what the shepherds did. And, and what we're going to learn from them is, is how we ought to respond accordingly and really not miss out on what God has for us this year. All right, let's pray. We'll ask the Lord as we get into the Word of God this morning. Father, thank you, Lord God, for the, Lord, just how our hearts have already been stirred. Lord, by way of testimony, by way of our singing, by way of our ability even to pray to you. And Lord, we are looking to this year and we've started the year with some great challenges nationally. And no doubt, as I look around the room, great challenges personally. But I pray to God that, that you would help us to have hope and trust. Uh, Lord, in the things that you will show us through the year that will guide and help us. And I pray, dear Lord, that as, even as we start this year, that you would open your word to us and help us to see how we ought to respond. And, and, and Lord, learn from these simple shepherds who, Lord, simply as you announced the, the great coming of our Savior, simply enacted on what they heard and did what they needed to do. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning as we, we open it, your word and again get us off to a good start as we get into this year in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And notice firstly as they responded, they, they, they were together. Notice verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them in heaven. So now we read the, the, the first part. There was a great announcement. A Savior's been born. They, they laid out a couple of the signs that they're going to see, a, a babe wrapped in swaddling in a manger. And so now, this is after the fact, the angels had now gone. And notice the response of the, the shepherds. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which was come to pass. Notice though, uh, firstly there, that there was a group of them. Notice that they said, they said some things one to another, and then they said, let us. And here's the point I want to make, firstly, as we think about the, the, the lessons from the, the response of the shepherds. Firstly, they provoked one another to respond to what was revealed. You notice there that the shepherds weren't alone. The shepherds were there together. And there are some who look at this, and these had uh, apparently had been supposed by some that these, these shepherds were tending to the flock a few kilometers outside of Bethlehem. And the particular place that they were in was called Migdal Eder, meaning the tower of the flock. And, and, and apparently this place was where the lambs were given special care as they were designated for the sacrifices in the temple of Jerusalem. So, so many believe that the place that the shepherds were at was this tower of the flock where, where special, uh, special care was given for the special lambs that were to be sacrificed at the temple. And, and so you understand that these shepherds uh, weren't just really ordinary shepherds. They were at least shepherds who had, who had some knowledge of the Word of God, who had some knowledge of the, the sacrifices and perhaps even some of the, 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 the pictures of, of all of that. And really what, it wouldn't surprise us that, that they responded so well because really they were already responding generally. And here's what I find, you know, if we how we respond generally is often how we, we, we respond specifically. If you respond to God generally, 
then it would be easy for you to respond specifically. They, they already understood somewhat the Word of God. And then here's what I'll say right from the, the beginning. You know, we can't provoke each other about the things of God if we don't know what the things of God are. If we don't know His general direction, His general, uh, general thoughts from the Word of God, how we ought to live, how we ought to be. And these, these ones, they already understood. But little did they know, in the coldness of the night, they were gonna, about to hear something that was going to change their lives forever. And little did they know that as shepherds, they would be witnessing the birth of the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. Can you imagine them as, you know, all their, for, 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 for some time of their lives, they, they, they were with those little lambs, but now they were going to see the Lamb. That announcement. And so after announcement of the angels, they came together and went to the place that was revealed for them to go, but the encouragement that they had with each other, they provoked one another to respond to what was announced. It was to go forward in faith. And, you know, one of the, the great things that we have as a church is the Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is. Why? So that we might provoke one another unto good works, unto love and good works. You know, one of the reasons why we get together is that so that we can encourage each other to respond positively to the things that God reveals to us. That's why it's so important, church, to come every time the Word of God is open and not just be negligent and not just sort of half-heartedly come along when it's convenient for us. That's why we're supposed to get together so much the more, the Bible says, as the day approaches. That's why we try to get together as a church to open the Word of God why? Because we want to hear from God, don't we? But then, not only that, we want to respond to God positively. And the, the way we do that at times is by provoking one another to respond to God's Word positively. And so our response, really, when you think about that, can affect the response of others. Notice there again, the shepherd said one to another, and notice what he said, let us. You know, it's a sad thing to go through your Christian life on your own. It's a sad thing to think that you could do it all on your own, and yet we see the example of the shepherds here was as they heard, they came together. They came together and they, they, they maybe perhaps ruminated on what was said, but it wasn't just debate over that. It wasn't just so that they could have a, a, a lovely little discussion about what they heard. No, they enacted on it. But, but they, the, the way you respond will affect the way others respond. See, the attitude of the shepherds was to provoke each other, really, to see Christ. You, you understand that there's, this, there's a real thing, not just in young people's lives, but in all of our lives, called peer pressure. But I believe this, that, that we, can positively, we can positively help each other. The Bible tells us that if you walk with wise men, you shall be wise. And if we're around those who want to respond, correctly to the Word of God, that will affect you in how you respond to the Word of God. But, but you know, there are those here that, that perhaps are watching you in how you respond to the Word of God. Some of you parents this year will have children who are growing. And, you know, I was noticing this morning, even as I was in my office, my wife went across the road with, with Vicky and Malachi, but I had Jaden with me. And, and, you know, this week we've been talking a lot about Jesus together. We've been talking about who He is and, 
And, and you know, what was impressive to me was he was retaining some things we were talking about. And in his prayer, he was thanking how Jesus saves. And, and listen, it was just a small thing. But, but, you know, how you respond to God might greatly affect and, and greatly reflect how another will respond to Him as well. And, and for some of you parents, the way you lead, the way you respond to God, the way you might read your Bible in the morning, the way you might live out your faith might make an impact in the life of someone else and how they would respond to God. You remember the, the story of Joshua and Caleb? Remember how there were those who... Uh, at that point, Moses sent over to spy out the promised land. There were 12 spies. Ten were bad, two were good. The two good came back with an attitude of faith. But the ten spies came with an attitude of fear. They came and they said, whoa, we're like grasshoppers in the sight of them. There were giants in the land. And because of that, the many people feared. And because of that, doubt crept in and fear crept in and unbelief crept in. The, the congregation of Moses there, they people of Israel, and what happened? There were delayed entrance into the promised land. In fact, a whole generation paid the price. A whole generation died in the wilderness. Why? Because someone responded negatively. They didn't see in faith and they didn't respond in faith. You think about the woman of Samaria. Remember the, the Lord Jesus later on? He would go and travel and he said these famous words, I must needs go to Samaria. And right there he met the, lay, the, the woman at the well and he showed her that he was the true Savior, that all of her thirst could be, uh, could be quenched by just accepting him. And she understood that. And remember, her testimony affected what? A whole city. She went and told her whole city. And it was one person's response affected a multitude's response. And I wonder how you will respond this, this year. You, you know, some of you, you'll respond in a way that you won't care less. You'll just turn up. And you'll just come here. And you'll be happy to hear. But you know, that's not the point of the Christian life. The point of the Christian life is to respond. To respond by enacting, by doing. And, and your response can affect the response of others. You know, our response can either bring or hinder others in God's plan. Again, you think about Joshua and Caleb. You know, they, they could have, uh, as they, as they uh, heard those things, you remember that, that Joshua and Caleb stilled the hearts of the people and, 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 and because of them, another generation was able to go and there, there was a great contrast. And in Numbers 32, verse 7, the Bible tells us, And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them. And, and, and as much as we're thinking about the positive impact that you could make. Remember that you could pay a great cost by how negative you are to the response to, by responding negatively to the Word of God. You think about those ten spies and what it cost them. You, you think about the, the, the great discouragement. And, and you know, I, I wonder how many people we've discouraged because of our negative response and, or a lack of response to the things of God. You, you look around and you think, well, if they're not doing it, I'm not. I wonder how many children, how many parents, how many friends have been, been hindered and discouraged. Why? Because one didn't respond the way they should have. And yet we see the, the, the shepherds, they responded. I, I think of another time, look at John chapter 6. 
And this is the only other uh, scripture we'll turn to, so quickly turn there. Look at John chapter 6. And notice verse 66. And, and we know this, this passage of scripture, John 6, 66, is the saddest verse in the Bible. We see that, that there's certain of those in the crowd who were following Jesus for a little while, and yet he, they heard some things that were hard to hear from Christ. He, he spoke really in type and really in prophecy of what was to come, His crucifixion. He, he was really speaking in, in picture of what was to come, and they didn't understand. And we know this, look at verse 66. And from that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. What a sad verse. They heard and they didn't respond well. They responded negatively. And then notice what happened. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Remember the twelve, the inner twelve. Will you also go away? And I love the response of Simon Peter. And you know, sometimes we have a very um, very lopsided view of Simon Peter. He has a foot and mouth disease, doesn't he? He often spoke up uh, certainly before the time at times. And yet... Here he was right on. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. But notice what happened next in verse 69. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's apparent to me that as Simon Peter responded, and really when we bear it out in Scripture, he became the leader of the pack, wasn't he? But his positive response encouraged those or moved those he was with forward in their realization of who Christ was. And church, listen, don't underestimate your singular response in how it can either bring or hinder those in God's plan. Don't, don't underestimate that this year. Don't go about and just take your faith casually this year. You'll give an account one day for how you will influence others and you better be sure, you better make sure that this year you'll respond and provoke one another in your response. Notice secondly, verse 16. I love this. They said, and they came with haste. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Notice the second thing. They prioritized an action in response to what was revealed. They, they, they put some action into the things that they heard. They came with haste. The, the word haste here means to await eagerly. You know, sometimes we have a negative connotation to the word haste. Like we, we didn't think about it. Like we just went in without thinking. But this was different. It was, they, they awaited eagerly. It was a sense of anticipation. It, it, it had the idea that the shepherds, they, they made this a priority to seeing Christ. Why? Because they had a true desire. And by the way, your, your priorities... Reveal your passions. And your passions will dictate your schedule. See, the shepherds gave priority to enacting what they had just heard. And I wonder what priority does responding to God's revealing take in your life? I wonder if that's a priority. If, if God speaks to you about a call, if God speaks to you about a need, if God speaks to you about a change or another application of His Word, do you await eagerly and action a plan or take some steps forward in that. You see, what we find here is when you respond with priority, you'll also find what God said you will find. 
You see, if, if they had waited a certain amount of days, perhaps, to respond to this, then, you know, they wouldn't have come to the manger and seen the babe lying in a manger. And yet, when we respond the way we ought to, with priority, what we find is what God said we will find. You see, the babe was lying in a manger. They had said, uh, the angels had said this early in verse 12. See, often the result of God's blessing in your life really is found in the timing of your response. See, if the shepherds delayed their response, they would not have seen the baby Jesus. You understand? They had to respond with priority. You see, the opportunity and window of God's blessing, if you delay, may pass you. You know, God is a God of, of many chances. And thank God for His grace, right, church? And, and often, if we make the mistake and we aren't so sensitive, God in His grace will often seek us again. But I, I often wonder how many blessings in my life and how, many, uh, how much of God's will have I missed out on because I didn't respond straight away. I didn't take some steps, and, and maybe the next step was to simply take some, uh, some added training or, or, or do this thing or add another service or, or, or do this particular thing. But I wonder if we would take the steps in time. You know, I often think about what I perhaps missed out on when God called me at 16, and, and really I delayed really following Him until I was 20. I often think about the, the four-year gap and what that meant for me. And whilst I can just conjecture now what that could have meant, what that could have been, it won't be until eternity until I really understand and see. But what I'm saying is when you respond with priority, you will find what God said you will find. And often we, when we delay, often when we say, well, maybe next time, you know, well, God, I thank you, but it's an inconvenient time for me right now. I really can't do that right now. And yet God's saying now. And I wonder how many of us said next time to God and that window closed. That door that was a little ajar is now shut. I wonder how many of us. But see, when you respond with priority, you'll find what God said you'll find. But then, you know, also when you respond with priority, your actions will lead you to the specifics of God's will. You know, earlier on, he didn't mention really about Mary and Joseph, but we see in verse 16, as they came with haste, they found Mary and Joseph. They found some specifics about what was happening. The, the shepherds were never told about the specifics. You know what? They were just given a direction. And listen, often when we delay... Because we want to know more. And you know, many times we, God says to seek Him and pause. But many times we delay our following because we want to know exactly what God would have us do. We want every specific detail. And yet sometimes all God said was, there's a direction I want you to follow. There's a, there's a way I want you to live. There's another thing that I need you to take. Just one more step. And yet we want a whole map. And often when we delay because we want to know more or, or whatever else, more often than not, God reveals and reveals more really as we go. Really as we go around, go forward. This year, I wonder what has God revealed and what details do you still need to know? And here's what I want to tell you. You'll find them as you follow what He's already given you. 
you'll find it. You know, I think about thinking about Melbourne this week. I remember Melbourne had the, this ad years ago. It was, a, it was a ball of string. You remember that? And then some lady was following it, you know, and she, she pulled on it. Little bits of Melbourne opened up to her and, you know, cafes and sporting grounds, all of the landmarks of Melbourne. But what she was doing was she was just pulling on the string little by little, all right? And, and I think about that. In many times, God just reveals a little bit of the string. And all He wants us to do is pull on what's next. And God then reveals all of the specifics about our lives but really what God's will is, it's not a destination. God's will is a direction. And often in, in following that direction, God gives us the specifics. And, and the shepherds, they didn't know about Mary and Joseph. They just knew about the babe lying in the manger. And yet they found exactly what God said they would find. You know why? Because they gave priority. But then they also found the specifics. You know why? Because they gave priority. And many times we never know about the specifics of God's will. You know why? Because you don't give him priority. You delay him. You, you, you wait till maybe tomorrow. You, you wait maybe till you're a bit older. Some of you young people, you know, this week uh, we've sat and we've talked and you've said, well, I want to find God's will. And, and I want to say to you, don't wait till you're older. Start looking now. Don't just go, well, one day when I'm older and I understand. Well, listen, wake up to yourself. You can find it today. You have the Spirit of God in your life. You have the Word of God, then you can find His will. Just, just start looking. And many times we miss out. Why? Because we didn't, don't give God the priority. And then thirdly, notice this, verses 17 and 18. So they provoked one another. That's how they responded. They gave priority. That's how they responded. But then notice verses 17 and 18. And when they had seen it, they made known. Notice verse 18. And all that they heard it wondered. Here's the third thing they proclaimed. They proclaimed the truth in response to what was revealed. That they made known abroad. And, you know, I'll say it this way. The measure of our response to truth is not only seen in how we act upon it, but also how readily we share the same truth with others. You know, you've, if you ever heard a life-changing truth, you just want to share it. Yeah, I, I love the age that my kids are now. They're in an age of discovery. And, you know, the, everything that happens in their lives is a mo momentous occasion. And I love it. You know, this, this week as we've been home a little bit, um, every time Jaden does something, he just pronounces it to the whole house. He'll run around and he said, I built Lego. You know, and you're sort of looking at it and it's like, yeah, I see that. It's all different colors and all of that. It's not like it's, but, you know, to him, it's a new discovery. It's, it's a great truth. And I wonder sometimes why it's difficult for, for, for God's people to share truth about Him. Or maybe in the first place, you've not responded to it. Maybe in the first place, it, it's not become real to you. You've not acted on it in the first place. You see, what will you teach others this year that God has taught you? What, what have you seen of God that you will share to others Remember Luke, the writer wrote because he was compelled to write. He was an eyewitness. He had other eyewitnesses. And so he was compelled. And, you know, too many Christians can't share a thing about God's revealing because they aren't compelled by God's truth anymore. They're not really. 
And you know, the outworking of that is a proclamation. They proclaimed. Why? Because they were eyewitnesses. They had seen it for themselves. And listen, you know, many times we can't share anything about God. It's because we're not eyewitnesses of ourselves. We haven't seen the changes. We haven't seen the growth. We haven't seen those things that, that is evidently is in the Word of God. And, and, and yet, we, we'll still sit and we'll still be here. And, you know, witnesses are the best witnesses when they were there. And what they saw compelled them to tell others. And what have you seen of God? What have you seen of Him that you can tell others about? You know, they proclaimed because they had heard. They, they proclaimed the saying which was told them. And, and sometimes we just need to repeat what God has clearly said to us. You know, when I was starting to preach, I wanted to be original or nothing. And you know what ended up being? I'm nothing original. All right. There's certain things I've heard from other preachers that I've included in my preaching. You know why? Because it's true. And, and you know, sometimes, sometimes we think, well, we've got nothing original to say. Hey, listen, just tell others what God told you. That's all you need to tell them. And, and proclaim it. See, see, they proclaimed. Why? Because they, they didn't discriminate. In verse 18, all that heard it, you know, they proclaimed it to anyone that would hear. And evidently, the shepherds told whomever they could. And, you know, sometimes we look at people and we think, well, they're just a child. They won't understand. Well, they're this person. They're this type of person. They won't hear the gospel. Hey, don't, don't you know the, the saying, don't judge a, bo a book by its cover? You know, you, someone could be lost and weird. Someone could be young and feeble. Someone can be old and hard. Yet I believe still that if it's from the Word of God, then it can change lives. And listen, if you, if you want to respond, respond by proclaiming. You know, res respond to it first, but then proclaim it. That's evidence. You know, I, I love in Mark 16, 15, the, the Great Commission. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But you know, there's no full stop there. It says to every creature. You know, this year we have an opportunity to tell whomever we come across the gospel story, the gospel message. And don't judge a book by its cover. Don't look at someone and go, well, they're not likely to get saved. Well, they're not likely to accept this track. Well, they're not likely. Hey, listen, if you're an eyewitness of the gospel, how the gospel has changed your life, you can't help it. You can't help but talk about the Savior. You can't help but talk about what God has done in your life. And then lastly, really quickly, not only did they provoke one another, not only did they show priority, not only did they proclaim the things that they responded to and what were revealed, lastly, they praised their God in response to what was revealed. And lastly, we see here Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their hearts. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. You know, it's a great time to just give God praise. Actually, any day is a great time to give God praise, but the first thing mentioned about the shepherds was their response of praise. We see Mary pondered in her heart, and, and you can imagine, you know, all of these things happening to Mary. Great jubilation at the birth of Christ, but overwhelming. Overwhelming at what was happening. And so she pondered these things in her heart. But the shepherds here, they, they channeled their jubilation into praise and glory to God. And all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them, the Bible says. And here's the thing, they, they praised God for what they experienced. 
you know, all of us here, we all go through life and we all have different experiences that really we ought to filter through the Word of God. We ought to filter through what does this mean through God's Word. And they praise God for what they had experienced. You know, our response ought to be praised because we get to be part of His plan. Are you part of His plan this morning? Are you part of what He would have for you? And, you know, we get the blessing, don't we, of seeing, of hearing, of feeling, of tasting, of touching. God's revealing. And so they praise God for what they had experienced. You know, they praise really, they praise God for His faithfulness. Because what He said, they saw. And you know what you're going to find in your life is over and over again, you may not see it in the moment, but when you look back, it was God just being faithful. It was God doing what, exactly what He said in His Word. And you're going to find that over and over again. you just got to look and you've got to see it with eyes of faith. And they praise God. You know why? Because what they heard, they saw. What God said to them through the angels, they actually saw it. And our response ought to be praise because of when we see God's plan come to be, it doesn't speak of us. It speaks of His faithfulness. Now, some of you parents who've, who've raised your children, and, you know, we saw, we, we saw Robbie and Amabel, and I grew up with them. I, I consider Robbie a brother to me. I, I consider Amabel a, a little sister. They spent so much time in our house. I spent so much time in their house. But, but uh, no doubt, as I think about my parents, Sister Edna, during those moments, they wondered if the Word of God was working on us. <laughs> there were times, uh, no doubt, they, they said, these guys, they're going to be a headache when they grow up. There you go. I just needed that witness. Great timing, Dad. Thank you. But I'm sure they look back and with some gladness, and not because of their doing but they're journeying with God. They just praise God for what God has done. And not that we're anything. We're still on a journey ourselves. We're still growing. I'm still trying to figure out how to raise my children. I'm still trying to figure some things out in life. But, but there's some things that I'm sure they're looking at and they're saying, you know, praise God that, that even though there were times where I didn't see it, I see it now. And, you know, praise God for His faithfulness. And listen, some of you parents, you've given up. You've given up. You've sort of just relented to the pressure. You've just sort of said, well, chuck it. I mean, they're not responding. So some of you, you're, you're going through some things and, and it just doesn't seem to be adding up. I want to say this. God is faithful. What He says, He will do. What, what you've heard from Him, you will see. And the shepherds, because they, they, they responded correctly, they saw what they heard. And this year, I pray that you will see what you hear. What, what God reveals to you, what God shows you about your life, what God directs you to, I pray that you see. And you know, at the end of it, I pray that you give God praise. What truth has God given you that's worthy of praising Him for? What revealing of His has given you joy in your heart that really it's bound to explode in glorification to Him? I wonder if you've got that. I wonder if you've just sought Him already this year. See, the shepherds, they got to hear something historically altering. You think about that. They got the blessing because they responded to it. And 
I wonder if, if you'll commit to responding to God's revealing in your life this year. I wonder if you'd provoke others to do the same. I wonder if you'd prioritize some steps to what He has shown you. I wonder if you'd proclaim it to others. I wonder if you'd praise Him for it. I wonder if you'd just respond the way you should to God this year. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. And uh, Lord, we're just so thankful that despite the times when we, Lord, are trying to figure out how life is, you come and you so often intervene with the right words. Even at times when we're not even really looking for it, you come and you give us what we need to direct us to, the, to some of the greatest blessings of our lives. Direct us to the next step. Direct us to a, a, a life-changing event. And really all of that is available to us if we would just respond to you the way we should. And thank you for the lesson that the shepherds gave us this morning. Lord, all of us here, we fall short in, in even listening at times to you. And, and yet, Lord, I pray that we'd be challenged not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of it this morning. I, I pray that we would respond with, with the doing of the things that we hear through the year. And I pray that we'd provoke each other to do that, that we'd encourage one another, Lord, as we journey together in this, in this journey of faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, the piano can begin to play. This is a custom of our church, a time of invitation.